Well, hello there. Welcome to the Grace Rancho Weekly Podcast, where our goal is to help you, our church members, better understand the what and why behind our Sunday morning worship services, but really also all that we do here as a church at Grace Rancho. I'm Michael. I'm here with Pastor Eric. What if we accidentally uploaded a podcast that was totally unedited? Totally unedited. It had all the random things we just talked about a moment ago. What if that got uploaded in the public space? That'd be interesting. Has that ever happened to anyone you know? Not to us, though I think you listened to a podcast from Orange recently that that happened. It was but, quite hilarious. But it was unprovable because you showed me, you sent me a link to the podcast and everywhere that I found that podcast, it wasn't what you were My listening to. My phone got to. it. That's all I know. <laughs> I don't know how your phone got it. it was, Thank you, Winston. Thanks for the entertainment. Hey, we got some questions this week. Yeah, we do. Well, we're also, we have to just say last week we weren't able to get a podcast up. You maybe can explain that better than I can. Yeah, technical difficulties is the short way of saying it. The long story is that uh, my computer made a noise while we were recording, and it somehow distorted the audio. All right, let's get talking to what we're going to talk about then. Well, we actually have the questions. We do actually have questions this week. If you listened to the last podcast we published, they were zero questions. So we we guilted some some of you into asking questions. A fair amount of questions that we received regarding sermon series, what we're going to study next, how we decide what we're going to study. So, Eric, what are we studying next? Okay, well, we're finishing Jonah. We'll go into the holiday season, and we're going to do three sermons on the person and work of Jesus Christ. Uh, then, But the next kind of major series will be in the Gospel of Mark. In January, we'll start working through uh, that Gospel and I'm, I'm hoping it is an opportunity for us to reflect on the person of Jesus Christ again and again, week in, week out, and grow deeper in our affection for him in our desire to obey him. So that's next. Is there a big picture to the book of Mark? I like looking at Mark as uh, one of the, the simpler of the Gospels. It's pretty uh, down-to-earth, uh, pretty um, action-oriented. If you read through it, you see the word immediately comes up again and again. I like looking at it and in, in telling others to look at it this way, especially those who are either you know, considering Christianity or new, to, or new to the faith. I tell them just read about the person of Jesus. Read what he's about what he's doing, look at what he's saying, and continually be asking yourself, who is this man and can I entrust my entire life to him? Because mm. Mark, I think, just it, it puts forward Jesus in such a way that he, it's, a, it's so compelling that we, we have to really make a choice. Will we make him our Lord or, or reject him? So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's Mark. Well, that's a, a, a slice of Mark. We'll get more into Mark when we actually get into Mark. But we, we're hoping that is... If, because you know that we're going to get into Mark, that you'll start even now preparing for it. You can prepare by reading Mark is probably the best way to start, um, but also prepare by praying for Eric as he's preparing, as he's studying, as he's thinking about how he'll present the Word of God to us on Sundays. One of the best things we can do is pray for our pastor, pastors that are preaching, and pray that the sermon they preached this coming Sunday would be their best sermon, and that the Lord would use it um, in the life of our church mightily. I certainly would appreciate all prayers. 
Uh, I am reminded pretty regularly that um, preaching is impotent unless God uses it. And so we need lots of prayers. So be praying for sanctification. Be praying for visitors um, that don't know Christ. Pray that they would hear the gospel and believe. That would be one of our great priorities in our preaching is to preach the gospel. How do you go about, how do we as a church maybe go about deciding what's going to be preached next? Do you pray about it? Do you stick your finger in a Bible and just do whatever you point at? You know, is there a process? Is there no process? Are you guessing? I don't know how much of a process there is. There is a little bit of a method to the madness. For me, I know that as a a teacher of the Word of God, my responsibility is to teach the whole counsel of God. So I want to make sure that I'm not just sticking into one part of the Bible or one genre. Um, I want to move around and give our people a broad exposure to all of the Word of God. So after preaching an Old Testament narrative, that's Jonah, I want to preach a New Testament book. And that's generally how I do it. We did First Timothy, and then we moved to Jonah, and now we're moving from Jonah in the Old Testament back to the New Testament. We're going to hear about Jesus in the New. So I'm uh, trying to broaden our understanding of all of Scripture. So I don't just want to stick to what's easy or familiar to me. Um, not just going to do the epistles uh, over and over again. Although I love the epistles, I'm going to try to give a little bit of little bit of everything. So we learn and grow. And, and some of the passages in books we're not as familiar with, we will be able to address. So then there's there's that side of it where I'm trying to you know pick portions of scripture that we uh, I feel are, are necessary. Other part is I'm evaluating our church and thinking what we need. I feel that as a young pastor early in the ministry, I think it's really good for me to just sit and reflect on Jesus Christ and who he is um, and good for our church as well. We're, we're a relatively young church in a lot of ways. And so to think about these foundational things about the character and nature of Jesus, crucial for us. Uh, and then the, the, the other part of it is totally subjective. If I feel like it, then maybe we'll go and do it because I feel like it. <laughs> as, so, as the Lord works in your life, directs you, gives you wisdom. Yeah, I'm praying about it. I, I'm thinking about it. And then I just... Often I'm just compelled, like I'm interested in something. I really am captivated by something and I want to explore it more. Uh, Jonah is that way. And then once I get into the book, it turns out to be like one of my favorite books. I love whatever passage of scripture I'm in and studying. I think that's probably true of most preachers. It's helpful. Almost everything in my mind right now comes back to Jonah. (laughs) So (laughs) That's pretty good. It's helpful if your pastor's passionate about what he's preaching. So yeah. praise the Lord that he's he works through that. Well, awesome. That That's super helpful information. Hopefully that's helpful information to you. If you have more questions, email them to us at info at gracerancho.com. Somebody texted Text us, us too, so uh, well, you can do whatever that, Whatever works for you, get us the information, and we'll try to answer your questions. Um, we've, got, we've actually got a little bit of a backlog here. Yeah, we do. But add to it. We want to answer your questions and, and be helpful in that regard so that you can understand the what and why behind what we do. Can we talk about last week now? Let's talk about last Sunday. This was a special Sunday for us because you made a big announcement regarding the future of our church and how the Lord has been working over the past year and a half, two years. Yeah, it's been remarkable to say the least. Um, Yeah, by the grace of God, the two pieces that we've been waiting for to become autonomous, the piece... um, related to finances and the piece related to elders are 
it, lo- it, it looks like in place. Like right now, our finances are trending to a point where it looks like we're, the ministries of Grace Rancho are able to be funded by the generous giving of our members. So all of you out there who listen to this and you are generous in your giving, I praise the Lord for you. And you are a part of us being able to do what we're doing. Kent Roberts and Mark Severance have uh, been identified as men who desire the work of elder, are qualified uh, to do the work of eldering, and uh, are able to, to meet the, the standards and the, to do the functions of oversight. And so with those kind of things in place, we're ready to become our own self-sustaining, autonomous church, Lord willing, in January. That's so exciting. And it's it's such an answer to prayers you've said. It's such evidence of the Lord's faithfulness um, in working yeah. so much quicker and in so much more, I think, obvious and amazing ways than we anticipated like this. We didn't anticipate it happening like this. No, no. We didn't know what was going to happen. We, we didn't know if it was going to be three years, five years, maybe longer. Who knows? Or this thing would just implode. Yeah. Early on, I told Eric, I was like, I'm, re- I'm ready for a year to come by and there'd be no one here except for us. Yep. And we look and we say, Lord, what are you teaching us through this? What happened? But the Lord has been faithful um, yeah. to use everything here, despite even us and, and you know, people here and, and our failings to, to build the church. It's a reminder to keep praying. It is. We have seen so firsthand the answers to very specific prayers. It's encouraging to think, man, if that's the way God is with his children. He doesn't have to be, he's not obligated, but he really does answer prayer. Let's keep asking for very specific things. Let's ask him to, to save our neighbors and let's ask him to increase opportunities, you know, things like that. Yeah. Let's keep praying very specifically for some of these things so we can really identify the way he answers prayer. Yeah, let's be a church faithfully committed to that. So... We've got some things coming up kind of related to being autonomous, particularly this whole eldership thing with Kent and Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past Sunday, you talked about God giving gifts of under shepherds, as you call them, under the chief shepherd Christ, the church. Then on Sunday night, you mentioned the internal and external call, us recognizing elders as a church. Others, uh, the body here has some sort of responsibility to, to say, yes, these men are qualified, but also to raise up leaders for the future and yeah. invest in that. But we've got some Sunday nights coming up here that are important. We've Super got, important. We want uh, all you guys, if you're members, we are just exhorting you. Please If you're a member come. or considering membership at Grace Rancho, yeah. you should be there because this is momentous and big. Mark Severance is going to share his testimony and his sense of calling to be an elder this coming Sunday night as part of our Sunday evening gathering. Uh, then we'll take a week off on the 24th and December 1st, Kent Roberts is going to do the same. And it's a great opportunity to get to know these guys, to hear from them, to hear their heart for this church. And the reason behind that is because we feel that the congregation needs to be confident in the men that are leading them. And so I have no questions about these men's qualifications. We've done the work. We've done the (laughs) the interviews and the applications. And I spent a lot of time with these guys. But you guys haven't. Like a lot of the members... You've, you know them. I think if you've been around long enough, you've seen them and you'd recognize them. But we want you to really be able to affirm their calling. Like the external call is on you, the church, to, uh, to do. This is our responsibility. So we're putting them forward. 
but we're not appointing him just yet until January. Yeah. If you missed this past Sunday, go back, listen to the sermon. It's online. We're also going to probably at some point get some information from Sunday night up because it was helpful. Yeah. So go back, listen to those things, learn from them and uh, be eager to jump into this process because we need you. You might be wondering, why doesn't the leadership just appoint these guys themselves? Like, why doesn't Grace see me, for example, in our situation, or Grace Orange just kind of step in and say, "Here's your elders. I'm gonna take it or leave it. I'm gonna appoint them. You don't really have a say in the matter. Boom, boom, boom. It's done. We've got elders. We're moving to autonomy. Why? Why are we going to include the congregation? I'm asking that because I want to answer that question. Eric, why would you include the congregation? <laughs> That's a great question. Full of good questions today. I know. That wasn't staged at all. Um, well, okay. Here's why. And I, I hope we bang you this You probably drum. don't have any scripture in mind for this, do you? I got, a, I got scripture <laughs> ready to roll. I, I want our church to, to feel the weight of the responsibility. And so I'm going to go beyond. I'm going to go beyond. I, I'm, I think probably a lot of our church members go, yeah, it makes sense that they would want to include us in this process from even a pragmatic or practical approach. Yeah, it makes sense that we would be brought along in this process. It's good leadership. It's good leadership. Include people. But I'm going to go beyond that. I'm going to say, I think biblically, the congregation has a sense of responsibility for this. Do you feel like this is necessary? This is necessary. They must recognize their own role in appointing elders because they are, as a whole, we are, as a church, responsible for our church and the direction of our church, and therefore responsible to make sure the uh, overseers are qualified and going to lead us in the right direction. And the first text that comes to my mind is 1 Corinthians 5. Can you remember what's happening there? Mini sermon. Mini sermon. Here it comes. Well, 1 Corinthians 5 is when Paul's writing to the Corinthians about their their sin. Um, but it says there's sexual immorality among you, a kind of, that's not even tolerated even among pagans. A man has his father's wife. And Paul, who does he indict in this? Who, who does he call guilty? Really, verse 2, you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from you. He is addressing the entire church. The entire church is guilty for tolerating this man's sin. Paul doesn't single out the elders. He doesn't sing out the leadership. He doesn't make it the problem of the man only. The whole church bears the guilt for allowing the sin to run rampant. What does this mean? The whole congregation is held accountable to the purity and holiness of the church. We are a corporate unity. I think of Galatians 1. Galatians 1. In Galatians 1, you got, um, you got these churches that are abandoning the gospel. And Paul writes to all of them as churches. And he writes to them as churches. And in verse 6, he says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ. And you're turning to a different gospel. Who does he lay the blame on? The church. The church. So in 1 Corinthians 5, it's the church that needs to pursue holiness. In Galatians 1, it's the church that needs to be diligent in protecting the gospel. Now, here's one that people don't think about as much, 2 Timothy 4. When you think of tech, 2 Timothy 4, you're thinking of the, the passage that we're called to preach, preach the, the word. Preach the word, season yeah. out of season. 
And, and, the, and you should think of that because that's the theme. But there's this little statement in there. Look at chapter 4, uh, verse 3. The time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. What, what do apostate or um, falling away unfaithful churches do? They get their own teachers that will tickle their ears and tell them what they want them to tell them. And who's guilty? They are. They're guilty for appointing for themselves leaders that will only say what they want them to say. And the implication is that faithful churches need to do the opposite. They need to appoint for themselves teachers that will teach the Word of God and that will be faithful to preach the Word of God. And so all these texts... The first Corinthians one that's pointing to the church's responsibility to pursue holiness in its midst. The Galatians one where it says these churches are responsible to protect the purity of the gospel. And second Timothy four, which makes this implication that churches need to not appoint for themselves ear ticklers, but those who will faithfully preach the word are all pointing to this great biblical theme that the church congregation itself is accountable and responsible to God for itself. Hmm. So if you're a church member, that's heavy. Yeah, seriously. You're not. You can't point the finger somewhere else. You can't point the finger at someone else's problem. If the problem's in the church, you have a responsibility uh, to do it, to address it wisely, winsomely, gently through the biblical pathways that God allows. But it's on you congregation and and i'm not separating myself from that as the pastor yeah every every member i'm first a church member Mm -hmm. um, before i'm even an elder or pastor and so i am i am responsible too for this before god and so each one of us has a responsibility to fight for the purity the 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 gospel integrity of our our churches so so part part of that is appointing faithful men as elders amen yes and so you're so, not just responsible for the bad part, but you're responsible for the good part that keeps your church healthy. Yeah. So I, not only is it, I think, wise leadership to draw you into this. I think we have to make sure that you know the weight of your call here. We know the weight of our calling and responsibility as a church. It's part of members being able to submit themselves to elders as they're called to as well. And if you can affirm these men, you can probably submit to them and, and you need to know who they are mm-hmm. in order to be able to submit to them and fulfill your commitments as a member in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't think this is talked about so much in some churches and some, some places. Um, and I wanted just to make sure we're, we're really feeling the weight of that and owning it and then taking advantage over the next few, few months Get to know Mark and Kent um, and be able to confidently stand behind them. And if you're a member, you've made an affirmation of commitment to them that you would submit to them as they oversee your souls. So good. I'm so excited for our church to have a plurality of elders here in Rancho. What What a great thing. What an attestation of God's faithfulness. I'm also excited to worship with our people this Sunday. And do not forget that this Sunday night, the 17th, come back and come back December 1st as well in the evening at 5 p.m. 
to hear Mark and Kent share um, about their sense of calling to the eldership and then also about their testimonies, how the Lord saved them and about their lives. Looking forward to being with you. That's right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you Sunday. Sunday.